So how many of you would have held out for the seven? You knew the seven were coming. How many would have held out for the seven? Let me see it. You know why? It's because you're mature and you knew, right? So if you're a mature Christian, shouldn't you have that same kind of faith? To know that if it doesn't happen now, God's faithful, right? How many people have your Bible today? If you have your Bible, stand up and raise it in the air and bear witness of God's Word. This will be the authority that we use today. Is that okay with everybody? If it's not, you're in the wrong place. But stay. (laughs) Got something for you. Amen. Turn, if you will, to the book of Hebrews chapter 6. Hebrews chapter 6. Hebrews chapter 6, right? So, last week, here's what happened. We learned something last week about faith, didn't we? We learned that not seeing is believing. How many people remember that? Remember Elisha? Elisha and his servant, as they were surrounded by the Syrian army. And we were reading last week that as they were surrounded and the servant got up and went out and saw the Syrian army was over surrounding them. And he came back to Elisha and he said, Master, alas, Master, what are we going to do? We're completely surrounded. He panicked. And Elisha said, Lord, would you please open his eyes so that he can see? We learned last week that the key in this story is that Elisha, we're not told that he ever saw it. He just knew God had something planned, right? When the servant saw that, well then, yes, he completely believed in God's provision, God's sovereign power, and so he had that faith that God would take care of him. But there's a different kind of faith that I want to talk about today. You see, I see something, and it's become evident as your pastor, and you, you get to see a lot of different people, a lot of different circumstances. And then, of course, I look back at my own life, my own failures, my circumstances I've been in, things I did right, things I did wrong. But I see something. I see a lot of people that they have faith. They've had that initial faith. They came to God believing in Jesus Christ and believing who God was, and they had that initial faith. But I'm telling you, it's a faith that is up and a faith that is down. A faith that is here and a faith that is there. A faith that is strong and a faith that is weak. A faith that is all of a sudden, I mean, for a month or two it is good and it is on fire and it is banging. And then the next time they're down here and I don't know what God is going to do. It's not a consistent kind of faith. It's a a faith that's temporary for a temporary kind of time. But it's not the kind of faith that God wants us to have. And here's what I want you to see. As I was in the scripture I was discovering there's a lot of people that that get in situations and they wonder, why am I still in this situation? I'm looking for direction and I haven't gotten direction and I'm battling the same thing that I've been battling and and why doesn't God get me out of this? And so they begin either to to give up or they go go away from God or they go through what they call a season away from Him and and people are affected different ways. but, But the bottom line is, in that kind of faith, they're not pleasing God. And if they're not pleasing God, they're not going to get out of that situation. And it might be one of you in here today, but I know it's been me before. So I'm going to preach to me and let you listen, okay? Because I can look back in my life and see there was a time when I can adamantly tell you I had faith in God. I had faith in God's power. But understand, my faith was up and down and up and down. I could say, hey, listen, I believe God could do this, but then find me on a Thursday when I was down in the dumps. Right? 
Maybe just me. Can I get a witness? Anybody in here ever go through that? So we talked about that kind of faith last week. I want to tell you about another kind of faith. There's a man in the Bible called Abraham. Abraham, Abraham is known for his faith. What do you mean known for his faith? Well, understand, Abraham had a different kind of faith. What kind of faith was it? It was an enduring faith. Say that with me. What kind of faith? Now, I want to read you a little bit about Abraham, and I know I didn't tell you to turn there, but I just want to read this to you, and this comes from Genesis chapter 15. So just listen. You see, God had made a covenant with Abraham, and he called Abraham out of his country, and he said, Abraham, I want to bless you. I want you to do this. Here's what I want you to do. Listen, and here's the thing about Abraham. Abraham was given a direction by God to go, but Abraham wasn't given a destination. He said, Abraham leave, but he didn't say where he was going to arrive. And don't you know, so many times in our Christian life, we get called up, and I have people all the time, I don't know what God wants me to do. I don't know where he wants me to go. I don't know what he wants me to do. I don't know what he wants me to be. They're looking for the destination. Listen, God doesn't tell you the destination. He says, just go. Sometimes he just wants you to take a direction like he gave Abraham. And Abraham was faithful, and he left, but then he made this promise to Abraham. He said, Abraham, I love you, son, and here's what I want to do. I want to make your name so great. Listen, from you, I'm going to save all of mankind. From your genealogy, the Messiah, the Savior of this world is going to come, and through you, all these people are going to be blessed. And that sounds great, right? Great. But Abraham looked around, and he said, hey, by the way, I don't have any genealogy. I don't have a child. And I'm this age, and my wife, Sarah, yeah, she was called Sarah at that time. Sarah, she, she's barren. She can't have children. So I appreciate it, but this is something that I don't know how can happen. And so at that, Abraham had a different kind of faith. Listen, in verse 5 or 4 of, of Genesis 15, after he had told Abram this, he said, And behold, the word of the Lord came unto him, saying, This shall not be thine heir, but he shall be come forth out of thy own bowels to be thy heir. So Abraham said, I know how you're going to do it, God. You're going to take my servant, and through my servant, Eleazar, you're going to let me have children, and that's going to be almost like my, my adopted child, and through that. And he said, No, it's going to come from you, Abraham. Now listen, this is Genesis chapter 15. He says, And he brought him forth abroad and said, Look now towards heaven, and tell the stars if thou be able to number them. And he said unto him, So shall thy seed be. So God didn't play. God said, Hey, Abraham, listen, you don't believe it right now with any children, but I want you to see. Count the stars, Abraham. Well, Lord, there's millions of them. That's how many your seed's going to be. But I have none. And look at my age. Doesn't make sense, does it? Not logical sense. Abraham couldn't see it. But one of the greatest verses in the Bible, verse 6, about Abraham it says, And he believed in the Lord, and he counted it to him for righteousness. Abraham had a different kind of faith. Abraham had a faith that would help him wait through life. Abraham had an enduring faith. You see, we're a people that is so caught up in immediate gratification, aren't we? What we want, we want it now. 
And so our mind gets geared even in our walk with God as Christians to say, God, we need this fixed, we need this done, we need that done. It's a fact of immediate gratification. And so that, that's a faith believing that God can do it. But, you know, when he doesn't do it right when we want, don't we just switch sometimes and we go off to another way that we try to get it done? He wants us to have an enduring faith. And this has been on my mind and been on my heart because I look back at my life and then I look at your life. You say, oh, you're going to talk about me today? I am. We'll talk about me and you. This up and down, back and forth, hot and cold, inconsistency in faith does not please God. Not that I'm saying it does it. I want to give you biblical proof that it doesn't please God. Now, why is this important? Because if you're not pleasing God, your situation is not going to change. God is not going to bestow his blessings on a situation that doesn't please him. He's Father God. He treats us like children, those that are saved. And so understand this. This is an important part of it. So I told you to turn to Hebrews 6. I want you to read these things with me because this is where we want to start. The rest of the time, we're just going to be in the book of Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 6, verse 10. I promise you, you're not going to get bored today. I want you to listen, and I want you to be able to not just look or think about this person that this applies to. I want you to think about yourself today. Can you do that? If you can do that, say amen. amen. Verse 10. For God is not unrighteous to forget your work and labor of love, which you've shown toward his name, and that you've ministered to the saints and do minister. And we desire that every one of you do show the same diligence. Say that word with me, the same what? Diligence. One more time. Diligence. To the person to your left. Diligence. To the person to your right. Diligence. The same diligence to the full assurance of hope unto the end, that you be not slothful, but followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Now, verse 10, we're told that God is not unrighteous. He's not unjust. He's not so unjust that he would forget the work that believers do for him. What is he saying? He sees our effort. What do you mean our effort? God doesn't want your work so much to come in and do this physical work. He wants the effort of your faith. I was in a church one time and I was asking back and forth with the pastor because I didn't, I didn't believe in the, the fundraisers that you go out and you have to sell this to, to do this. To, to, I believe God's people can support God's church and he was trying to explain it to me this way, that sometimes you just have to do this and have faith that God will let enough of this product be sold, and that's our faith going out to do this kind of thing. And I'm thinking, the God that owns everything doesn't need our money to do anything, but that's, that's, that's a different case. What I did figure out is that, hey, it stretched my mind a little bit to think. You see, I went to the Word, and I wanted to be able to to back it up with a word, you always want to back it up with a word. You go to the book of James chapter 2, don't, not right now, but you can write it down. And he talks about faith without works is dead. And that's the scripture that got quoted to me. Faith without works is dead. We have to get out there and, and do this. No. Now God wants you to serve and he wants you to work physically for him. But your faith, the work of your faith is actually using your faith. Not just saying I have faith, but putting it to work. 
the actual not saying, hey, this is good, as he goes on to say, for me to come and say, hey, listen, I know you're in need, so I hope and I pray that something good happens to you. Well, that's me just saying it. Me doing something about it is differently. Having faith and using your faith is the works of faith. And so, what he's saying here is that God rewards when we have faith. But here's what I want you to see today, because this was huge as I was looking and studying faith. I always thought this whole time, yes, God rewards that faith. He rewards it when we believe He can do something. But do you know that God doesn't reward this temporary up and down faith? That's scary, isn't it? God doesn't reward this faith that is strong faith this day and not faith. You say, well, hey, that might be me. I'm up and down. Listen, I'm going to show you today. He doesn't reward that kind of faith. That's inconsistent faith, which by rule is not enduring faith. And I want to show you what he says about enduring faith. This hot and cold, up and down, here and there kind of faith. That's not the faith that he's looking for. He wants that initial faith, but then he wants an enduring faith. You see, verse 11 calls for diligence. It says this, basically be diligent. This call for diligence is a call for action. It's a call for those who have not believed to take action, first of all. And then it's a call for those believers that have taken action to be diligent in their faith. What does being diligent mean? It means to to keep being active in your belief. Verse 12 goes on to say, not being slothful. You know what God wants us to be? He wants us to be consistent and active in our faith. Not having this strong faith today when we're together and you came in and the preacher preached this and I believe I can go out and God's going to take me through this thing. And then Wednesday and Thursday, man, what in the world's going to happen? How am I going to do this? But how many times has that happened to us? That's that up and down kind of faith. And God says, that, that's being slothful in your faith. Do you realize in order to have faith and believe something you can't see that God does, it requires effort for you? You're not going to walk out of this church and say, hey, it just happened. I mysteriously have faith today. No. It comes from believing. Faith comes from believing. And faith comes from the Word of God. And if you're not hearing the Word of God, and you say, what do you mean hearing this written Word of God? That's one thing. You need to hear the written Word of God. You need to hear the preached spoken Word of God. And then you need to hear the Word of God that the Holy Spirit speaks to you from inside of you. That is the way you're going to hear the Word of God. He speaks to us in those ways. So, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the Word of what? In verse 13 through 15, he all comes back around, and then he says, let me use this great example Father Abraham. So look at verses 13 through 15 of Hebrews 6. It says, For when God made promise, made promise to Abraham, because he could not swear by no greater, he swore by himself, saying, Surely blessing, I will bless thee, and multiply, I will multiply thee. Now listen to verse 15. And so, talking about Abraham, after he had patiently, what's that word there? Patiently endured, he obtained the promise. Anybody in here want to obtain the promise? When I sit here and I say, God makes promises, God makes promises, a promise is no good if it's a promise to somebody else. I want the promise. Listen, it said, 
he patiently endured, so he obtained the promise. He had faith that endured. This man was made a promise with no children. This man was made a promise with, with no certainty, but he followed God patiently. You say, well, listen, God's hand was always on him. Listen, don't you know that Abraham, when God spoke to him and said, Abraham, I want to see how great your faith is. Get that son that you finally did have named Isaac and take him up to the mountain on your way. Stop and get some wood. And, and listen, I want you to take fire and wood and go up on the altar on the mountain. And I want you to sacrifice that son of yours. You don't think that Abraham had to have faith. And when his son looked up at him and said, hey, father, I see, I see the wood and I see the fire but where is the sacrifice? And what did Abraham say to his son? Son, God will provide, right? You tell me that man didn't have faith? No, he had faith that endured. When he was tested, it endured. It wasn't just because God was letting all these great things happen. Do you know that every day that you have is not going to be a day that goes the way that you want it to go? Even Jesus said in this life, you're going to have trials and tribulations. What I want us to see today is that faith, believing in the power of God, the provision of God, and the the promises of God that we can't see, that faith is not something that God wants us to have when we see a moment of need. He wants us to have a faith that will help us to wait, a faith that will carry us through our life, not just through a tough time in our life. Did you hear that? God wants us to have the faith that will carry us through our life, not just a tough time in our life. How many of us have used our faith through the tough time in our life, but we haven't used it through our life, right? So many times we think that believing faith, like we, we look and see in the Bible where maybe Peter walked on the water, that was faith, wasn't it? Sometime go back and reference Matthew chapter 14. We think, hey, we need the faith that will let us step out of the boat. And you do. But if you have that kind of faith, can I tell you what happened at the end of the story? Did he stay walking on the water? No, he sunk. Why? He sunk because he took his eyes off of God. But listen, here's the greater picture. He sunk because he took his eyes off the Son of God. But he sunk Because his faith was great, but it didn't endure. It didn't endure what his senses were able to see. Hey, it's windy. Hey, the waves. Hey, it's dangerous out here. Hey, right? What happened? His faith didn't endure. Oh, he had a moment of shining, walking on the water. Hey, fellas, look at me. That's not the kind of faith. That's why Jesus said, hey, you sunk, get back in the boat. Oh, you little faith, get back in the boat. Was Jesus pleased with Peter that day? No. He was happy that he got out of the boat, but he wasn't happy because of the kind of faith that he used. Are you getting what I'm saying? The kind of faith he wants us to have is an enduring faith. Now, I want us to see something today. First of all, so many times we see others or ourselves who go up and down and back and forth in our faith in God and our faith is not enduring faith it's situational at best we don't really take it knowledge of that an enduring faith helps us to know that God can handle and will handle any and all situations 
we trust God in some things, but then other things we're not really having faith. You ever find yourself like that? Well, let's just make it easy. You ever know somebody like that? Does that help? But understand, there's, there's verses in the Bible that let us know that there's not a situation that God can't handle. He doesn't want us to be able to say, trust me for this, and then us take care of something else. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 20 tells us that God can do exceeding abundantly above all that we can ever think or imagine. He can do anything. You see, as a matter of fact, I guess I would say God wants to do these things. He wants us to be able to see His sovereign power. He wants us to see His provision. He wants us to see His protection. He wants us to see Him, deli- see him deliver us out of circumstances that we think there is no way out of. Do you think God wants us to see Him do that? Absolutely. If you don't believe that, then why do you give us the Old Testament? He showed Himself to us in the Old Testament so that we would have no doubt. For all of you that think, hey, listen, We're a New Testament. We don't need to have the Old Testament. Listen, that's God's written word. He gave it to you so you could see Him. He revealed Himself in the Old Testament, His power, His sovereign power, His provision. He wants us to know there's nothing He can't do. There's not a situation He can't deliver us out of. So, why does He want us to know that? So that our faith can endure. So that you don't start grading your situations and say, He can't get me out of this. You see, he wants us to live with this consistent, continual, everyday faith, which is enduring faith. Hebrews chapter 11, I told you we're going to stay in Hebrews. I want to make it so clear to you from God's viewpoint today. And if you want to hear what he has to say, you'll grow today. In Hebrews chapter 11... He says, but without faith, verse 6, without faith, sometimes you can please God. Is that what your Bible says? He says, without faith, somebody read it with me, it is impossible to please God. Why? For he that cometh to God must believe that, number one, He is, and number two, that He is a rewarder of those that diligently, there's our word again, say it with me, that diligently seek Him. So let's take this in two parts, first of all. For he that cometh to God, it's impossible without faith to please God, for he that cometh to God. Do you realize that it takes faith to come to God? It takes that initial faith to come to God. It took that initial faith for Peter to step out of that boat. It takes initial faith for you to come and be a child of God. The initial faith that God wants us to have is to believe that, number one, He is God. For without faith it's impossible to please God. For he that cometh to God must believe that He is, and He is a rewarder of those that diligently seek Him. Now, the first part. To have that initial faith, you have to believe that He is. God wants us to believe that He is the one and only true living God. He wants us to believe that He is the Creator. He wants us to believe that He is the one that loves us, and He is the one that made a way for us to come into fellowship with Him. He is the one that, that, that lets us be able to come through Jesus Christ. 
He wants us to believe that He is the one that manifests Himself in the man Jesus Christ who went to the cross as a sacrifice for our sin. That Jesus did. He is the only one that lived a sinless life. He is the one that gave that life as a sacrifice. He is the one that was crucified for your sin. He is the one that was buried. He is the one that rose from the grave. He is the one that came back and, and to the earth and showed Himself. He is the one that descended into hell and descended into heaven. He is the one that sits on the right hand of God the Father making intercession for us. In order to come to God you must believe that He is. If you don't believe that you can't take that first step of initial faith. But then after that initial faith He says this. This is the second part. He says uh, you must not only believe that He is but that He is a rewarder of those that diligently seek Him. I took the liberty of looking up this word diligent for you. Diligent means hardworking, industrious, conscientious, not negligent. So basically what we're hearing is that God is a rewarder of those that diligently seek Him. This means they're working hard to please Him. They're conscientious of God's power. They're using their faith, not just their easy times, but also their hard times. They're putting effort into staying close to God and trusting in His Word after they come to Him. God says He will reward those who are diligent in their faith. Do you realize that if you come to God the way that the church is telling you to come to God, not all churches, but the way the most popular church is telling you to come to God and just say that He is God and then continue to praise Him and do this, but you don't have to put any effort into your faith, do you realize you're going to fall away? And that's why you have this continual rotation in the new progressive church. Why? Because there's no root. There's no root. There's no root of faith. It's good as long as it's good, but when hard times come, then you're going to fall away. He says you have to be diligent in your faith. Now let me tell you again, hardworking, industrious, conscientious, not negligent. He wants us to put effort into our faith. So many times we come to God by faith and accept His salvation by faith, but we don't use that faith to help us endure and persevere through life circumstances. You see, genuine faith, real faith in God is a faith that is diligent. It's a faith that can endure when it's tested with the trials of life. You see, the faith that God says that He will reward is a faith that trusts God even when you can't see what He's doing, when you can't see your way out of a circumstance. This diligent faith is a faith that keeps working hard, keeps believing, keeps making you go forward in your walk with God even when you don't exactly know what direction you're going in. It's an enduring faith. It's a faith that trusts that God will get you through, that God will get you through. You say, well, how can I have this faith that endures, not this up and down faith? Well, it's a matter of believing. Faith is believing, something that you can't see. Do you believe in God's sovereign power? Then why is it that us Christians that believe in God's sovereign power hit these things in life that we think God can't fix for us? These testing times. Well, what are we going to do? Man, I just heard this about my job. Or the doctor just said this. Or this is my physical condition. 
or this is going on in the relationship, or this is something that I've got going on that I can't fix, and I don't know how it's going to do, and this is a situational thing, and this is my financial thing, and I don't know how in the world it's so I stay up and I think about it, and I think about it all the time, and I can't even focus on anything else by this. And listen, God's Word tells us, Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 13, he says, There is no temptation taken you, but such is common to man. Now listen to this. He's saying, nothing's happening to you that God doesn't know about. It's an everyday thing for him to be able to fix it. There is no temptation taken you, but such is common to man. But listen, but God is faithful. Who will not suffer you to be tempted above that which you're able to bear, but will also, with that temptation, make a way for you to escape. That's God's word. This thing that you need him to fix is nothing new to him. It says God is faithful. So what is enduring faith? Enduring faith is a faith that believes that God is faithful. I like that. A faith that's not enduring faith is not a faith that believes God is faithful. It believes that God sometimes can help. Oh, did you hear that? That sounded almost blasphemous, didn't it, Pete? That if I were to say God can sometimes help, it sounds terrible coming out of my mouth, doesn't it? I wonder what it sounds like coming out of our hearts when he can read them. Because that's what we show him. With a conditional faith, not an enduring faith. Abraham, (laughs) Abraham, God was reading his heart, right? God knew that he trusted him. It said he inherited the promise. He was rewarded. Now, if God sees us diligently living out our faith, then he promises, promises his reward to us his protection, his provision, his power over the circumstances of our life. An enduring faith is a faith that lets us live every day trusting in the promises of God. Even when you don't understand how they're going to be solved or the, or the destination you're going to get to in life. You're just trusting his direction. So many times in our lives our Our faith is tested and we fail because we're not diligent in our faith. We don't trust God to get us through. We don't trust God to get us through. Let me say that again. Say that last word with me. We don't trust God to get us through. One more time. Now I want you to focus on this word, one word, because this word is what got me. I was just thinking about it one day. It was my inspiration for the whole sermon that we're speaking today. We don't trust God to get us through. You see, to endure is to get through. The endure, to endure is not to get around. It's not to get another direction. It's to get through, right? To persevere. Sometimes when our faith is not diligent, we don't trust God enough to get us through. So what we do is we, we live in discouragement because we don't think our situation is going to change. And there are Christians walking around everywhere today that are discouraged Christians because they're in a situation that doesn't seem to be changing. And so, yes, they come to church, and 
Yes, we want to come to church and sing, and we want to be able to praise God. But listen, if you look at them during the week, they're the most sad-looking lot of people that you can find because, listen, everything has gone wrong, and this is bad, and that is bad, and they're negative, and, or either they're just discouraged, and they don't say anything. You never hear praise coming out of them. They're discouraged because it's not going the way they want it to go right now. And then you've got another kind of people not diligent in their faith. And what happens to them is they give up trying to make it through their hardships, trusting God, and they start trying to use their own intellect and power to get around their problem instead of trusting God to carry them through it. I hope you heard that. I talked about this a little bit on Wednesday night. I call these kind of people scramblers. They hit situations in life and they want to trust God to get them through and then it doesn't happen right when they do. So all of a sudden they begin to scramble. Oh, come on. You know somebody like that? I do too. What do you mean? Well, God didn't answer this week, so I know a way I can fix it, and here's what I'll do. And so I wanted God to do it this time, and so this is what I'm going to do, and I can fix this, and then I'll put this off to here, and I can go and do this, and I can go and do this. And Any scramblers in here? Thank you, good, honest people. You don't have diligent faith. I didn't have diligent faith. God, I'd like you to fix that by Thursday, please. If not, I'm going to have to move this money to here. I'm going to have to cover that, and I'm going to have to do this and go back to here and do this and that. And so I began to scramble. Do you know how many blessings are left on the table because people weren't diligent in their faith? Do you know how many people who are in credit card debt and they're upside down their financial debt because they didn't trust God for something and they went and rescued themselves? Instead of doing it with a faithful, uh, a faithful promise of God saying, hey, listen, I'm going to take care of you. How many people have left blessings on the table because they weren't going to patiently wait for God? They were there. But he only rewards diligent faith. And then the third kind of person might just quit trying altogether, trying to make it through because we can't see how God can fix our situation. They're not like that last person. That last person tries to find a way around, a different direction. Maybe let's go around it. Let's go this way. Let's go that way instead of going through. They're just not going to get through. They can't see their way through. You see, all these are examples of faith that isn't diligent, and God can't reward a faith that isn't diligent. So this kind of faith keeps believers going through the same trials and situations for year after year with nothing changing. Did you hear that? This is a sad thing. There are people I know, and you know them. I was one of them. Maybe you are. And you keep wondering, why am I going to keep going through this, and why am I going to keep throwing through this? And the answer is, there hasn't been that diligent faith. There's been that faith, that situational faith, but it hasn't been a diligent faith. And so you keep going through the same things because you never, hold on, you never get through it. You never get through it. We got one of the greatest examples ever given to us with the children of Israel. They were supposed to go to the promised land. It wasn't supposed to take 40 years. Right? God opened a sea that they could go through. He gave them the shortcut. But they were disobedient in their faith, right? They weren't diligent in their faith. So what happened? They had to wander. Prone to wander. We are, right? Now, I got to tell you something. I was just riding down the road one day and I was saying this scripture. You say, are you crazy? Yes. It's going down the road and I was, I was just saying Psalms 23. 
And it was a day where I couldn't figure some stuff out. And I got to, to verse 4, Psalms 23. And I got stuck on this word. And he says, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. And I got thinking about that through thing. And then this morning they sang, God is good in the valley, right? So I'm thinking, yea, though I walk through the valley, right? So he didn't say, yea, I found a different direction when I was in the valley, or yea, I found a different course. But he said, David said, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil. Why? Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. He would say, God is big when you're walking through the valley. He's not necessarily going to get you around it, over it, or just snatch you out of the valley, which is what we pray for. God, deliver me out of this problem. God says, no, I'll walk through it with you. Through it. Not around it. Not a different direction. Not by your best intellect. No, I'm not going to hyper lift you out of it. I'll walk through it with you. Because you learn in the valley. You become humble in the valley. You become the person that God wants you to be in the valley. Because you're talking to him. You're walking with him. You're praying to him. You're seeing him work. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of of death. I will fear no evil. He was saying, I'm not afraid. That's a diligent faith that says, God, walk with me. Not God, just take me out of it. Let's get through this thing. Glory to God. And it was twice that bad in the truck whenever I was, whenever he laid it. Why? Because I've been that person that hit the valley and was looking west and north and south and east for the way to get out. And I was going to God, and my faith was a faith that said, God, get me out this way now. And God was trying to say, listen, if you walk with me, we'll be out of it soon. You need to endure. Amen. I want you to notice this confidence. That the psalmist have. Diligent faith is a faith that's hard working when it's tested. You see, God wants us to endure through difficult times, but he lets us go through them so that we can show through our diligent faith our dependence on him. Endurance. I've got this little definition for you, and it's not a proper definition. I just think that it, to me, it explains it. Listen, I think endurance is the steady determination to keep going regardless of the temptation to slow down or give up. That's endurance. That's steady determination to keep going regardless of the temptation to slow down or give up. We slow down in our faith sometimes, don't we? We give up in our faith sometimes. God can't reward that. He can't reward moments of faith. But we've, we've been telling everybody that he can. Don't we? We preach it like he's going to reward, reward moments of faith. And God is a rewarder of those that diligently, he rewards enduring faith. Not these good days you have where you believe in him, but then the next day you're to pieces. He knows the next day's coming. If my son, 
you think about it. I raise him and he sees me provide for him. And I understand as a child, he might come to me and say, hey, dad, listen, you know, I'm just being paranoid and maybe insecure. Uh, are we going to have food to eat tonight? And I say, yes, son, you know, I work hard to make sure you have food and that everything's ahead of you. And so thanks, dad. I, I appreciate that. And so he's confident in that. And then he comes to me the next day and he says, dad, hey, listen, so are we... Uh, are we going to have a place to stay tonight? Do I have a, a dry place to sleep? And are we going to still have this house? And I say, yes, son, as far as I know, I mean, everything's good, and I'm taking care of you. You don't have to worry about these things. I've got you. I've got you. And that's fine. He might be inquisitive and have those moments. But if he comes to me every day, and he's doubting my way of provision and my love for him, that I'm going I'm to give myself to do that, if it's an everyday thing, or even if it's once a week or twice a week, over the course of years, I'm going to look at him, and I'm going to say, man, you just don't trust me. You don't have faith in me. Wouldn't I say that to him? Then I wonder what it sounds like when we say it to Father God. Because it's no different. Because we trust him one day, he actually can see our heart. You see, this proper definition of endure is to bear, to stand, to suffer patiently, to remain set in purpose, to hold out under suffering and persevere. Definition is to try hard continuously in spite of obstacles and difficulties. We're going to face obstacles and difficulties. And the easiest way that I can remember this persevere is my own little definition. To persevere is, if you take it in two words, persevere is to persist when a situation is severe persevere. And that's what God wants us to do. If you're just good with God when the times are good, you're not good with God. He can't reward that. He's going to reward those that believe in who He is and that He is a rewarder of those that diligently seek Him. To persevere through a difficult time in life or through a situation that we can't see a way out of, and to endure until we get through it, we have to have a diligent faith. Let me tell you something. If God sees us have a diligent faith, I'm going to tell you, you'll start seeing some amazing things happen in your life that you've never seen before, exceeding abundantly above all that you can ever think or imagine happen. Why? He's just looking for diligent faith. That's why He laid it on my heart. That's why you're getting it preached to you today. That's why. Because... God has a way of knowing what we need to do. He has the sovereign power to provide anything in the world and change anything in the world. Amen. And we leave it on the table. Remember, to endure is to go through something. Say it with me. Through something. And then come out of it on the other side. It's not to go in a different direction or to go around the problem or circumstance. It's to go through it i got a couple of passages of Scripture I want to close with here. And they might be familiar to you, but I want you to see. In Hebrews chapter 12, I told you I was going to stay in Hebrews. You have to realize that going back to chapter 11, going back to chapter 11, we, we were able to see the, the, the basically the honor roll of faith right here. The Hall of Fame. You look through chapter 11 and it tells all those that had that, that great faith. 
It told us without faith it's impossible to please God. It started talking about the faith of Noah. And then in verse 8, by faith Abraham, when he was called to go into a place, when he should after receive an inheritance, obeyed. He went out not knowing whither he went. That was Abraham. He had that diligent faith. But when you get to chapter 12, after all these examples, the Bible says, Wherefore, seeing we also have been compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, talk about all those that were example of faith, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us. Let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Patience here translated is perseverance, that endurance. He was saying let us run this race of life that's set before us with endurance, with a persevering faith. It is not a sprint, it is a marathon. But then you look at verse 2. He says, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, uh uh-oh, look at this word, joy that was set before him, what did he do? He endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Verse 3, for consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, lest you be wearied and faint in your minds. What is he telling us? He said, look to Jesus as our example. He endured the cross. He didn't go around it. He carried out God's plan because he had faith in God's plan. He's the author and finisher of our faith. This is the same Jesus who said, Father, not my will, but thy will be done. If this cup can't pass for me, thy will be done. This is the same Jesus that said that endured the affliction and contradiction of man. The same Jesus that was spit on for you and me on the way to the cross. The same Jesus that was mocked and they shoved the crown of thorns and they beat the meat off of him. The same Jesus that could have called 12 legions of angels, the same Jesus that that voluntarily crucified, that stood and told us in front of the king, you have no power to crucify me. I'm here because this is what the Father wants. This same Jesus, same Jesus, suffered the mockery. Why? Why? Because he had diligent faith in God's plan. He endured the cross. He endured the shame. Did Jesus say, there's got to be another deal than this cross deal, God? No. Hey, maybe we just skipped the persecution and the mockery by the Roman soldiers, God. Let's do that. No. Jesus didn't go around anything. He went through it. And the disciples said, surely, surely you're not going to go back into town. He said, get the donkey ready. We're riding in there, right? I'm going through it. Amen. Amen. And he's our example of our faith. Why are we so afraid to get to go through it if God said, I'll never leave you and I'll never forsake you, right? right? Yes, go through it and get done with it. I wish I would have done that with so many different things. Now, in Hebrews chapter 10, told you I was going to stay close. I want to read these verses to you in closing. I think they're powerful. Cast not away therefore your confidence. Verse 35. I want to start with that phrase. Get your head up. That's what he's saying. I wasn't telling you to. I know you're looking at your Bible. (laughs) But that was funny. (laughs) (laughs) 
That was hilarious from where I was standing at. <laughs> Get your head up is what he's saying. Don't lose your confidence. You know, that's what happens when we don't have diligent faith. We have the faith that says, we leave here today. I'm going to trust God in this. I'm going to trust God in this. I'm going to trust God in this. And he says, don't give up your confidence because it didn't happen today. Don't give up your confidence because it didn't happen tomorrow. Don't think it's never going to get better. And don't pretend that it can get better in one day. Abraham patiently waited with diligent faith, believing and trusting that there was nothing that God couldn't deliver him out of. And God's, God's intention is for us to be blessed and have a relationship with him and fellowship and peace. I'm not preaching a prosperity gospel. I'm not saying the blessings of life come through money. You're never going to hear me say that. There's people that have money that don't have peace at all. But people that have peace with God, they're walking with God. Listen, he says, get your head up. Verse 35, cast not away therefore your confidence, which hath great recompense of reward. Your confidence, you're believing adamantly in God's power to get you through something. Verse 36, for you have need of patience, that after you have done the will of God, you might receive the promise. Who's that sound like? Sounds like you're talking about Abraham, doesn't it? You have need of patience. Well, understand, patience here, as it's translated, means perseverance to endure. Now, get this, because these are two powerful verses here. It says, for yet a little while, and he shall come. For yet a little while, and he that shall come will come and will not tarry. Now, verse 38, 39. Now the just shall live by faith. But if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. Hey, hold on a second, guys. God talking here, not me, not the writer of Hebrews. And he quoted it from Habakkuk. Okay? This is God talking. Get this. Now the just shall live by faith. What kind of faith have we learned today? An enduring faith. The just shall live by faith, but if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. But we are not of them who draw back unto perdition, but of them that believe to the saving of the soul. Now the just shall live by faith. What is God saying? You know, this is not something that's popular to preach. And, and so I'm glad you were able to hear it today. God is not pleased when our faith is drawn back and then used and drawn back and then used and drawn back and then used and drawn back and then used. I think as I look back on my life and you look at yours today and I want you to look at yourself, would God say my faith is an enduring faith? Or does he get it today, lose it tomorrow, get it the next day, lose it? Is my faith back and forth and back and forth depending on when I get what it is I'm wanting? No, he wants an enduring faith. And he said in his word, this is huge, God is not pleased. The just shall live by faith, but if any man draw back, my soul shall have no pleasure in him. That's pretty clear, isn't it? If God is not pleased with you, and I'll go back to what we read earlier, without faith it is impossible to please God. 
He wants us to have an enduring faith, not just a situational faith. He wants us to have a faith that's diligently seeking Him. Faith is not a one-time act. It's a way of life. God wants it to be a way of life. God wants us to have an enduring faith. I want to ask you today, do you have an enduring faith? You say, well, preacher, I, I don't guess I do. I don't know what to do. If I'm seeing it right now, I'll see if I can fix it this week. You won't fix it this week. If it's broke, fix it now. The devil will convince you before the week's out that your faith is stronger, stronger than anybody else's. You say, how do I fix it? Well, the way you fix anything, first of all, you found the problem. If you looked at yourself, you take it to the only one that can fix it, and you acknowledge them, and you say, God, my faith needs to be stronger. It needs to be an enduring faith. It's been up and down. Can you fix me? I want to believe. I want to have your power to do it. You understand that the Holy Spirit will aid you and help you in that. You get on your knees before God this morning and ask Him to show you yourself and show you what your faith looks like. And if it's not an enduring faith, you pour your heart out to God. Let Him strengthen you. And you will see His power to be able to heal these situations. And then you have to be diligent on a daily basis to feed it. And you'll have a faith that endures. Well, you say, maybe I don't want a faith that endures. Then maybe you don't want blessings. Maybe you don't want that continual peace and fellowship with God because every day is not going to work out the way we want it. And listen, I need something to help me wait. Don't you? Enduring faith. But do you realize you can't have enduring faith if you don't have initial faith? And I know there's some that's listening to me today, yet you've never had the initial faith. You might be here today, it might be somebody on the, uh, the radio listening, it might be somebody on the website or the podcast, and you're just saying, do I have enduring faith? Well, you need to first check to make sure you've got initial faith. That initial faith is the faith that says, I believe that God is who He says He is, that I am a sinner, that my only way to have my sins forgiven is to believe that Jesus is who He is, and the only sinless one that sacrificed His life on the cross. I know he, God loves me, He did that. I want to accept by faith Jesus Christ as my Savior. If you haven't done that, Forget about the enduring faith. You need to have the initial faith. You can take care of both of these things this morning. Do business with God. Work diligently this morning in your prayers to God during this invitation. If you've never accepted Christ, please, we'll pray together. You can leave here today knowing, and it won't be by my power. I just want to lead you along the right prayer. You'll know that you have faith in God, and then you can work on having that diligent faith. Allow God to change your life today. His word says it will accomplish where he sets it forth. He set it forth in this room today to speak to us. Respond to it. Father God, I love you and I praise you and I thank you for your word. I pray, God, that you would minister through your word, that you would change lives today, Lord. Let us see ourselves today. Let us see ourselves where we stand with you. Let us be able to grade our own faith and know whether we're pleasing you or not. And I pray, God, for the boldness of your children today that are Christians that have had that initial faith. I pray for their boldness, Lord, not to care about anything else in the world, but to come and talk to you, Lord, to be able to make things right today and to leave here adamantly pursuing an enduring faith. And I pray, God, that if there's anyone here that's lost or anyone listening lost, I pray, God, that they would see their need to have that initial faith, Lord, knowing that you have promises that you will give to them, Lord, that your, your desire, your will is to save them. Let them see that today. In Jesus' name, amen.